Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to Fitzy and Hart on Boston Sports Original. WEEI. Top of the second hour here on a beautiful Black Friday morning on what we hope has been a wonderful Restful, filling, and for fruit, uh, fulfilling and fruitful Thanksgiving weekend for you and yours. Love the rejoin, by the way, Joe. Little she sells sanctuary. Try to say that one five times quickly. From uh, the great rock band, which rock band gave us this song? Andy Hart. The blank of Belichick. Cult. Good answer. Ah, oh, come on. Anyway, I, I, yeah, I'll continue to just climb up and die on that hill trying to see if uh, I'm, I'm tapping into your pop cultural knowledge or if you know any of the rock songs we rejoin with here on WEEI. How come you didn't okay? have Dolly Parton singing? My God, what are we doing? By the way, what is? can I just say, what is someone's great-grandmother doing out there in short shorts and that kind of outfit on national te- think of the children that are watching as their fathers and their uncles and their grandfathers are either lusting after the television like an overhorned up tony romo or snoozing away after a thanksgiving feast good lord dolly that's just not natural it's not well, right well obviously it's not natural but um... how much time do we got for all the flaws of that performance <laughs> but she she's promoting a new album she has like a rock album you're talking uh-huh. about rock singers she has like a new rock album or something Listen, I absolutely listen. I'm a card-carrying member of the Dolly Parton fan club. Sure, so many great songs as well. I mean, I could do an hour on just why Jolene is one of the all-time great ones. But that I know. Um, okay, good, excellent. Finally, we met on common musical ground. Jolene, but uh, I mean, cheapers, creepers. If people were upset and had their proverbial uh, undergarments in a bunch over the Shakira performance at halftime a couple years ago at the Super Bowl. Remember all the hand-wringing and pearl-clutching that came along with that performance? How many complaint calls do you think uh, the central broadcasting system got yesterday at halftime? Or were two people too tryptophaned out to be, able to, ha- uh, to be able to handle that? One of them being Tony Romo. Well, one of them. He was like, all lubed up. Jeez. And Jim, easy. And Jim Nance was, like, uncomfortable when Romo kept going back to it. Like, okay, Tony, I, I was trying to go to the second half of the game now. Stop making creepy comments about the old lady we just saw dancing in her underwear. <laughs> I was like, I walked in for one second. We left the team. We ate late yesterday. I walked in 
It's like, oh, the halftime show's on. Someone's like, can you turn the football audio down? I was like, sure. I walk in. I was like, oh, it's a good thing we're eating right now because I don't want to have to explain to my 10-year-old what's going on with someone who's older than his grandmother on stage. And the thing Daddy, that actually... why is that old lady in really short clothing? Well, she was a Dallas cowboy. And it's okay, yeah. but, but hey, the listen, thing that made me uncomfortable was when she would, she would kind of just paced a few steps in either direction because obviously she's 78 years old and doesn't have a lot of stage movement, but... She would like reach out and put her arm on whatever the metal star or whatever that was behind her, the backdrop. And I was legitimately concerned. We're going to see Dolly Parton fall down on stage, and this is going to be a, a just an unnecessarily what stumbling like Biden yeah. when like when Joe Biden tried to do that jog up the ramp one time and just yes. completely ate yes. it. Yes, <laughs> yes. But everybody loves Dolly Parton. That's the difference. At least half yeah, the country hates Joe Biden, so they I they know. giggle when that happens. Like this would be a legend, a lovable legend. Maybe falling on her face on national TV, and I was just like, "Please don't let it happen. Please get yeah, through I, this and let's move on." Uh, how was uh? Yeah, just like <laughs> I didn't expect to go down this road, but sometimes, hey, that's kind of the magic of live sports talk radio as well. Um, go ahead and feel free to weigh in on the Dolly Parton halftime show. I'm already getting inappropriate text messages from people oh. saying, "Like, <laughs> all right, everybody, just behave. Come on, it's a family centric weekend. Let's concentrate on the Turkey Bowls and the game on Sunday, and not about." Dolly Parton and you know certain lists that she and her performance may have fallen on. Six one seven. You and I do uh, a little segment on Dolly Parton. Is that four boobs? Once again, six one seven seven seven. Hey Andy, I hate to bust up your good time right now. Waka waka. Let's see if we can get the breast of what everyone else has to say here in Pat's Nation. I can't make the crickets any louder, you guys. All right, Joe. All right. Let's focus on some different islands in the stream. Here we go. Back to the phones we go. Uh, Polly is out in Dedham. He wants to chime in here on Fitzy and Hart. Good morning, Polly. Good morning, boys. Happy holidays. See, I hope your Thanksgiving was great yesterday. You that as well, my friend. Good, great song. That was a great open. This this uh, segment. That's a hell of a song. Right. It's along right. the lines of uh, you a long way to the top. If you want to rock and roll, by uh, AC. It's one of my all time favorites, Polly. Yes. Brother, yes. brother. I, I was at Joe, uh, the Joe Bonamassa show at, at Providence performing Art Center on, on uh, Thanksgiving Eve. He is off the hook. It's the third time I've seen him in, in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He is outstanding. Have you ever yeah. seen Joe Bonamassa? No, uh, I never have. There was the road seat, road seat on the orchestra, 113 bucks, and he was worth, it's worth every time. Southern North Mississippi All-Stars last, last month. Nice. I saw him down at Providence, Fitzy. And then the following, we had such a good time that they held the show for me the next night in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. That was supposed to go on at 7.30. They held it till 8, and they had a free ticket waiting for me. There's a people in the ticket office, so we get a free, we get a special gift for you, uh, uh, Paul. We'll, you, we get you a, a free ticket down on the floor so you can holler at your boy. There we you don't go. know who's who living right life for, better than this guy. We love you. I said, I ain't no right. I'm thinking to myself, I'm an ass kicker. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, Couple of things on sports. A couple of things on football. One, one quick thing on hockey. Look for David Krejci to return. Uh, the trade deadline. He was down in Dallas with the team a couple of weeks ago. I would been, I've been thinking about it a couple of weeks before that. I saw him. I said, I'm right. I know I am. He's kind of ride to the rescue for his brother. And he's at for his brethren, um, Pasternak and Zaka. He's going to be back by playoff time. If he didn't have the itch, he wouldn't be down in Dallas. He'd be home playing with his wife and his kids, you know. But the Patriots, on the, as far as the Patriots concerned, Fitzy, two things quickly. I found out I was right, and this game comes from the top. Tom Brady, 
did want to come back to the New England Patriots last year, but we're stuck with Max Jones instead of being close to the eight. So we're two and eight. Just like I told you, he wanted to go to San Fran before that. No, oh, by the way, if he went to San Fran, he'd probably still be married. And we would have had no shot of getting him back. Um, but uh, you look at your quarterback rotation to be. When Belichick says everybody be ready, translation is Max going to start. He's getting a quick hook if he's if he's not no good. Zap, he'll go in and he'll probably suck too, which he has all year. And then then Greer will get his shot, and that's how it's going to go. All right, Paulie, thank you very much. There you go. There's your there's a that Paulie just did us a huge favor. He gave us our music minute. Uh, he gave us our Bruins break and uh, some Patriots thoughts. I mean, I think we're I think we're good. Joe, just play Christmas. Uh, pipe in some magic Christmas music till eleven thirty, and we're good to go. Uh, Andy, you still there? Yeah, I just was letting Polly do his thing. Yeah, but well, hey, listen, you know it's it's Black Friday morning. You know, just let kind of let people do their thing if they've got a number of thoughts to share as well. Whatever. David Krejci return. That's um. I was not expecting theory. that one. I don't think Krejci's gonna. Uh, to, why would? Okay. There I, are I multiple know. reasons why he'd be with the team in Dallas. A uh, hundred year anniversary. Uh-huh. He was on the team a year ago. Uh-huh. He still got friends. Uh-huh. I could keep going. I don't going. think he's coming back. I, uh, the, I, I don't think he or Bergeron are coming back. I know Bergeron was in the area last weekend um, at this big hockey expo. My buddy Mark Riley was working. Uh, he's obviously a resident of the area as well and will make multiple appearances. Just because you see Patrice Bergeron out doesn't mean he's returning anytime soon either. And I think the Bruins right now probably are very comfortable with the roster they have and not bringing out the guys that um, were showing a little uh, a little slog in the skates at the end of last year, though they are absolute legends and we shall not besmirch the legend of those Bruins at any point in the program. Matt is in Rhode Island and would like to join the show. Hi, Matt. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too, guys. How are you doing this morning? Listen, Fitzy, I was hoping you could help me out with a problem. I know you're the t-shirt guy. I got a bunch of I got a bunch of T-shirts. Um, Max Ten, don't worry about the trademark infringement. We got that covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max of the future and Alabama Mac. I was wondering if you had anywhere I could offload those for me. Uh, <laughs> if you did, get back to me. But anyway, yeah, I, I, uh, I got a uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I got a couple pl- couple donations. Tommy things DeVito's you uncle, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> you talk to Tommy Africa. DeVito's uncle. <laughs> okay, um, how are the Patriots three and a half point underdog uh, favorites tomorrow going to New York? I know the Giants are terrible, but they're actually playing football down there. Um, everyone's making a joke, haha, Tommy DeVito and whatnot. He's a lot better than what we got going on right now. Um, they're playing with some emotion for Brian Dable. Like I think, I think, I think they're going to you know, see what happens Sunday. But I see them beating beating uh, us pretty badly. Um, and one last thing, how how did we miss on? If you want to make an emphatic um, move in the Patriots' upper office, they they should have gotten Tom Brady as. As a kind of a John Lynch figurehead, you know, he went to Las Vegas to do that. I don't think there's anyone that knows football better than him. I don't think there's anyone that can evaluate talent and intangibles better than him. I, I just don't think there's anyone better than him. I, I don't know how they missed on that. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you very much, Matt. We appreciate the call. Um, I guess it's it's multi-point Friday. Like, we're having a Black Friday like sale, it. Andy, on uh, yeah. having multiple opinions per call, which is good, too. Sneaking it's like a plate. Jokes. It's like a Thanksgiving plate. There's lots of stuff all over it. That's from the Tom Brady audio we shared last hour to the calls we've been taking this hour. Please bring your Thanksgiving plate of opinions, thoughts, ideas, jokes, and more to the show. We could use them. We celebrate them. 
And that is interesting. He thinks the Giants are going to crush the Pats and that their offense is much better than the Patriots' offense. Playing much better than the Patriots now. They're cool. actually playing football. They're showing up for their coach and giving max effort. And Tommy DeVito, Madden, Rhode Island. Tommy DeVito, better than any option at quarterback the Patriots have right now. I mean, I know 2023 comes at you pretty hard and pretty quick, Andy, but holy smokes. Well, we've talked about this week. Whatever Tommy DeVito is... He's the starting quarterback of the New York Giants. You don't have a starting quarterback. You're going to start somebody on Sunday. But they have a guy that's been making plays for them that I'm betting guys in that locker room kind of like, kind of like where the little mojo's been the last few weeks. And I also am along with Matt. The best players in this game play for the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley is arguably the best player in the game. Or Dexter Lawrence. Or Thibodeau. Like, I, I, we talked about this the other day, Fitzy. If you drafted players out of this game... There's some guys getting drafted by the Giants more from the Giants more than from the Patriots. So I, I, I don't really understand the line either. The three and a half Patriot favorite. So if this game were at Gillette Stadium, they'd be six and a half point favorites. That sounds crazy. to that's, me. That's 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 insane to me. Yeah, I don't truly understand it. But they always tell you in gambling, if it seems like Vegas knows something, they usually know something. They they make there's a reason they have multi gazillion dollar resorts and eyeballs that blink in Vegas. They make money. They're smart. Um, but as we talked about on six rings, I don't see any reason to pick the Patriots anymore the rest of the season, so I won't. Uh, the, the the worst stat that I think I've read in forever was uh, yesterday. Andrew Callahan tweeted this out, and you know, just received an absolute blank storm of replies. But that's what happens anytime you take to the Twitter or the platform now known as X and share information people don't want, especially on a holiday. Deron Bland, who recorded his record-breaking fifth. Uh, pick six of the season with six games still to go for the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Remember, he's the one who picked off a pass against Mac Jones when he threw it across the field in that nightmare who at Jerry it? World. Five, <laughs> five pick sixes on the season. Did you know that's as many uh, touchdowns as the entire New England Patriots receiving core has, Andy? Yes, and that that was an absolute talk about a talk about a, a rusty screwdriver right to the kidney on that one. Oh, um, to make it even worse, I believe four of those come from a guy who's on IR with a torn ACL, Kendrick Bourne. So did he have three or four? Oh, three or four, whatever it is. The bulk of those touchdowns from Patriots wide receivers aren't walking through that door. They're coming through that door on crutches, and they're not allowed to play until next. Yeah, who's year. got the other touchdown? Wait, hold on. So I know one for Juju, three for. Uh, born Polly, and who's got the fifth wide receiver touchdown? Hmm, That's I also sad that two thirds of the way through the season, the Patriots only have five wide receiver right. touchdowns. You only need one hand to count. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, no wonder why. <laughs> Maybe Matt's right. Maybe the Patriots shouldn't Ugh. be three, three and a half point favorites on Sunday. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is your telephone number. We'll continue taking your Patriots calls as well as. Check in quickly around the rest of the Boston sports world. How you Celtics doing? How you Bruins doing? What's up with the Red Sox? We'll run through your NFL Week 12 slate, give you a quick preview of all the action going on today with the first ever Black Friday game, which is a super expensive ploy to get you to shop for more things on Amazon. And then, of course, at 11 a.m., Bill Belichick live before we wrap it up at 11.30 and throw to the Boston College Eagles pregame show here on WEI. But first... Let's catch you up on everything else going on in the wide world of sports and beyond with producer Joe Braverman. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Are you starting Sunday? Hope so. I mean, that's the plan. I think I always work really hard for that. Um, really put a lot of attention and detail into the week, like I talked about, and um, a lot of that decision-making is things I can't control, but I can control my attitude and my effort, like I talked about, and I'm really thankful overall just to be in the NFL and be playing quarterback You know, on Thanksgiving, right? Um, it's a great week to be grateful for a lot of things and to play this game, the, uh, the game we love together. I think that means a lot to me, regardless of the situation. Here, Andy, I speak Mac Jones. Please let me go play somewhere else next year. Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine. That, like, the whole, come on now. Like, I appreciate diplomacy. I appreciate, you know, coming off of a day where we like to see our children showcase some manners and please, yes, and thank you, and, you know, what I'm thankful for and blah, blah, blah. Um... I personally was thankful for the fact that the weather was beautiful yesterday and I could throw the football around the yard with the kids and uh, we had played wiffle ball in the street for an hour and a half on Thanksgiving Day. Like, uh, what an absolute treat. Um, but as far as Mac Jones goes, um, you know, like, oh, it's a, I'm trying to focus, you know, it's really just a, a pleasure to pre- stop. Just like, you know, I, I've screwed up. This place has dinged me up beyond repair. Like, let's just stop be honest. Why not just... Do, do, do you get... What is your level of fatigue that you have sometimes when athletes do all of this, like, give you nothing double speak and don't just actually come out and just speak their mind? Like, what if Mac Jones just stepped out and said, like, you know, organizationally, I just don't think uh, things have been a good fit. What's it going to do? Get him benched? What's it, what's it going to do? Is he going to get pulled from a fourth game? Is he not going to be able to play one more time? Like, I, you know, just sort of say, like, come out and just be like, I, I've sucked at, at, uh, in a number of games. Um you know, we just have a disconnect here organizationally, and I think, uh, you know, we all need to take a look and try and improve, and I'm not going to be around this league very long if I keep throwing pick sixes and missing wide-open receivers. Like, God, these, these, these give, you, give, you, give you something that says a whole lot of nothing. I, I, don't you just tire of that eventually, or are we just going to get more of that as the season progresses? I do tire of it, but I also understand it, right? It's one of those things, can you, can you flip the script and put yourself in his shoes? when you're a still young, hopeful quarterback, hopeful that you're going to get other opportunities in the NFL and things you do and say and the way you handle yourself 
could affect your future landing spots or opportunities or the ability for the Patriots to do something with you. So I understand it. I And I think he I, – I, I keep saying this. If he was as um, successful executing on the football field as I think he does at the podium for the most part, he'd be a better quarterback. I think he's actually kind of navigated this relatively well um, over the last couple seasons in what is a pretty tough environment and a, and a tough situation for him personally and professionally and everything. It's hard, and I think he's done a decent job of it. And, yeah, we'd like him to just say, I suck, maybe I need to go somewhere else, but that's that's not the that's not the right way to handle himself as a professional and a leader. No, I know. I, I think I just – I think that we've just gotten just so many verbal roundabouts and so many, like, saying hey. – yeah. Hey, hello, hey. yes. No, hey. I know. You've appreciated you've, – you've appreciated a number of times when Mac has held himself with some dignity and composure. Yeah. Yes, of course – we all like to see that as hello. well, but hello, hello, thank you, thank you, Michael. And um, I don't even really like him. That's I know you're the, the one part. who said like that. You think he is the dink extraordinaire. Well, extraordinaire strong. I think he's kind of a dink, and but I think he's done a pretty good job. You're either go... a dink or you're not a dink. You can't be kind of. You can't be dink adjacent. Oh no, I think there's levels of dinkiness. I think Absolutely. getting hits always fun. <laughs> And I think he probably believes that. <laughs> Do you see uh, Henry Hasselbeck at the Zavarian game yesterday had a Mac Jones-like look to him, got popped in the nose and did like yep. his post-game interviews with just blood dripping down his upper lip and his chin. Oh. Maniacal quarterback look that we used to see from Mac Jones. Yeah, remember, remember when we were all like, hey, this is the guy that you know Nick Saban used to yell at and he yelled back at Saban yep. and he got thrown out of coaching the girls' flag football game and yep. has that bloody jersey look and he looks like a psycho killer. Keska say he's going to be the, he's going to pick up the mantle of like, obsessive involved quarterback from Brady and take us to a, a new promised land or at least back to where we were comfortable for all those years and instead now we've got this timid shell of a guy who's afraid to even throw the ball because he may get intercepted like his offensive line PTSD and fear of Belichick and the disconnect therein just that's what that's what makes me say in addition to just wanting to see something new Sunday Andy that's what makes me think you're not doing this guy any good both as a human being and a football player who hopes to continue his career in the NFL by running him back out there Sunday against the Giants. I just don't think. I just think it's diminishing returns um, to a high degree. So who you who would you start? Greer. Okay. I don't think why not? Well, because he stinks. Probably not. Okay. Who who? Which of the three quarterbacks doesn't stink or is not stink adjacent, if you will? Uh, right now, no. On the on the Patriots. None. You don't have one that doesn't stink, in my opinion. Have there been any receivers who have taken passes, pass attempts? Yeah. Can we run the Wildcat? Just have Ramondre back there with uh, Zeke, the offset, and we'll just run Wildcat the whole game? I, kidding, not kidding. <laughs> kidding, not kidding is correct. Well, who wouldn't want to – I mean, look, you're not – are you going to rattle off seven in a row, go nine and eight, just miss the playoffs and go, oh, darn it. Did you say seven in a row? Yeah. How about one in a row? I don't see one in a row happening. They scored six points. Six. Six, six points. Six. You usually it's the Colts in Germany when their right. owner like, spent a decade trying to make the game happen. What do you call it? A critical game? 
How many critical? You and I joked all season long about how how many more pivotal stretches can the Red Sox have? How many more right. critical games can the the None. Patriots have? None. I promise. Well, actually, this one is critical. This is a must lose game. This is, is the most right. critical game of the season. That's right. That's right. Everybody, get your go. Go pick up an extra sleeve of crescent rolls and get ready to sit down for a Thanksgiving supper on Sunday, our Thanksgiving brunch, and then of course Six Rings post game show after Patriots versus Giants. Here on Boston Sports Original, WEI. Back to the phones we go. Andrew Curtis is in Greenfield. Good morning. How are you, Curtis? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? How are you calling, gentlemen? Oh, doing very well. Thank you, sir. Hi. Thanks for calling in. All right, so I got a question. With your neutral hats on, no um, okay. no like uh, preconceived notions about who you like, who you don't like. What do you think the Patriots' record would be this year if Andy Reid was the head coach and not Belichick? The only change. The only change. Um, hmm. It's a good question. That's what we're here for. I think they'd be better. I think they would have. So they're two and eight right now. I will give them four and six. So they're still under five hundred. Yeah, I think they have a putrid roster. I don't think they have a lot of talent. I, and he he would be working with putrid. limitations at quarterback. It's a putrid roster. I do How believe. About it's subpar. A Come on, so, it's the holidays. Okay, sorry, putrid. So would everybody be calling for Andy Reid to be fired or traded? Um, I don't know what happened. Now you said our neutral hats are on. It would it would matter what's happened in yeah. recent years, right? Like, how did we get to this bad roster? How did we get to this bad season? Did he ruin a quarterback? Did it, blah blah blah. Okay, thanks for the call. All right, hey, listen, uh, Curtis, we appreciate the call. It's a good question, but if you're going to take time to listen to yourself on the radio while we actually talk to you on the radio, which is setting up sort of a being John Malkovich level of uh, FM consumption, yeah, we just want you to stay focused on the uh, on the actual call at hand. But thanks very much for the call. If it, Okay, if it was Andy Reid as the head coach right now, yeah. we're going to play the what-if game because that's how you sports radio sometimes. Okay, they're four and six, but the thing is, how many years in a row have uh, have they been subpar? How many times have they missed the playoffs? How many times have they had a losing record? The Patriots are streaming towards their third losing record in four seasons, which is almost Red Soxian, if you will, because, of course, what the Sox do is they win the World Series, and then they finish in the last place usually the next year, or for a couple of the next years as well, see 2023, 2019, and more. Um, oh, 2020 especially. Ah, uh, long for the days of old old Ron Renicky as manager. Uh, no. No, thanks. Um, you know, if it's Andy Reid, okay, so let's say they're four and six. Would everyone be called? Well, I mean, is he also the, is he picking all the players? Does he have a general manager that is in charge of player development and acquisition? Right. Uh, That's Bill, where the question is, gets weird because the, the first question was about, I just took Andy Reid and I put him as the head of an offense that has been putrid with a quarterback who is maybe good enough to be journeyman, maybe a little bit more than that, whatever. So I'm assuming I get better offensive play results and better quarterback play out of Andy Reid because I've seen him do it with Donovan McNabb and Mike Vick and Alex Smith. and like He has proven that he can take his-ins on offense and beat urines. He finds a way. Mm. So that was the first question. But you're still not a very talented football team or a very good football team, and that's where the bigger picture question comes in. How did you get here? Does Andy Reid have responsibility for that? Blah, blah, blah. But if you just, you know, drop him in out of a UFO into this offense, 
Don't you think he would get more out of Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Mike Gesicki, Hunter Henry, Demario Douglas? I think he's one of the he's proven himself one of the best offensive minds over twenty plus successful years in the NFL. I've argued that he's chug chug chugging along to eat away at Belichick's lead as the best coach mm-hmm. of the generation because he's done it in multiple cities with multiple QBs. Yeah, and look what happened when he finally all those years that he dragged the Kevin Cobbs to the playoffs and right. you know Donovan McNabb to multiple NFC championships but never could get across the threshold. Once he finally got his generational talent or all-time QB, Brady for Belichick obviously that's what worked for his gaming and his scheming and now Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and yes, they're having offensive troubles as well now. Um, it's like the 2019 Patriots. Like you right. have one de- one super dependable target, and then a bunch of Jags out there. And look what you get—you get an underperforming offensive and a frustrated fan base. Uh, I think he probably would get more out of the offense as well. No disrespect to Bill O'Brien intended, but you, it's you can't judge Belichick and what he does and who he is for the Patriots against so many other coaches because he's everything. He's in charge, like, oh, it just, you know, whatever's the best of the football team. Like, you're more than the head coach. You're the general manager. You're the emperor. You're the lord. You're the king in the castle. Belichick, all decisions run through Belichick, and I doubt Andy Reid has as much of a control freak-related uh, position of power, if you will, within the Chiefs. Am I wrong there, Andy? Uh, Yeah, I, I don't know exactly. That's a little different power structure. A little nebulous? Yeah, yeah but I my simple thing with, Bel- with Belichick, Andy Reid comparison is they've both been truly elite when they had truly elite quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid without truly elite quarterback has been far more successful than Belichick without truly elite quarterback. Well, the other side of the coin, too, is like what you just talked about at the beginning of the show, all the bad drops from the receivers. That's not on Andy Reid, though. No. So you can't you can't put right. him on that. But in years past, you could put him on that. What? One more time, Joe? Like, let's think of it like this. If his okay. Eagles teams were making drops like the Chiefs receivers are now, back then would you have blamed Andy Reid for those drops and all the bad play from the receivers? Well, when he was running the show in Philly, you mean he picked the wrong groceries? E- exactly. Like, no. Yeah. Like, are, you, are we putting the Chiefs drops that they're doing this year on Andy Reid? Because I think... Back then, when Reed was coaching the Eagles, if those receivers were making those drops, everyone would be like, oh, what's Andy Reed doing with the coaching there uh, for the receivers and their drops? That's probably fair. Like, he mm-hmm. had a different... Um, and I don't know exactly what his final say uh, power is in Kansas City. I, I, I He's not the GM, but I'm sure he carries, <laughs> no pun intended, quite a bit of weight in the uh, personnel department. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. I love Andy Reid. He I, said no pun intended. Exactly. No disrespect, oh. like Parcells used to say before disrespecting all kinds of people in the words that followed. Um, but I, he's in a good place right now because I think he gets credit for the coaching but no blame for the personnel, which is a good place to be in if you're Andy Reid. Ah, fair enough. It did uh, spark a little dialogue, so we appreciate the question, Curtis. Back to the phones we go. Our old pal Dan is in Cranston. How are you, Dan? Happy Thanksgiving, fellas. Yeah, you How as you well, doing? my friend. What are you? What are you hey, most Andy. thankful for, Dan? As a as a diehard Boston fan and one of our favorite callers here at the at the old station, what are you most thankful for this this Thanksgiving? Only seven games left. <laughs> that is that is <laughs> ding ding ding. That is the correct answer. Yes. Uh, in fact, we took, that Matt Jones thing made me think of a couple of things. You know, you could quantify dinkdom, okay? 
You get a flaccid dink, a half erect dink, and a six to twelve dink. So I think Mac is a half erect dink. Would you agree? <laughs> I don't know if any of this is okay on uh, Black Friday. <laughs> I'm still here, so it must be okay. I guess, or we're all in trouble. You know, at this point now, we may, but, yeah, we'll all go down together, as the song says. Um, but yeah, he's, another one on Mac. Yeah. He's just one of those guys. He just doesn't do it. Like even listen talk. I think of like if he has to get a locker room, he's kind of like Tom Warner trying to get a Red Sox chant going. You know, if he's trying to do the let's f and go, no, you just don't respect the guy. Like he'd be the only one yelling. Everybody'd be like, whatever. You know, but I, I, he's just not one of those dudes. But I think he's more respected in the locker room than he is outside of it. He has a unique dynamic. I, I do truly believe that a lot of his teammates have been fully supportive and bought into him over recent years. Now, if he's losing that, it's petering out. I know the 80-20 report from Andrew Callahan and all that. But I do believe that he is more liked, respected, whatever, in the locker room than he is seen as a dink outside the locker room. Can you okay? Everything I believe what you said is true, but does that mean that they think they can win with the guy? That's another uh, I think, subject. All I think they used to. I think they used to think they could win with him. I don't think they can win with him anymore. I also think, and we've talked about this. He's clearly broken. He's not the same player he was on the field. Like he is not making the same decisions, the same throws, the same. Whether it's the offensive line and he's punch drunk from getting hit and not trusting guys. I don't or not trusting receivers. I don't know what it is, but he is not the same on-field player now that he was a year or two ago. He's Sam Donald. That's who he is right now. He's uh, seeing ghosts. He's doing and it. That's, yep, you and know? that's why he needs to go somewhere and just blend yep. into the background like Sam Darnold, and maybe you get a second shot. Maybe you're Geno Smith down the road in a couple of years, and you get a chance, and maybe you take advantage of it because you've prepared for a couple of years in the background. Sam Darnold. Yep. Right. Wow. All right, Danny, I appreciate the call, buddy. Have a great weekend. Um, I think everything was was fineish in what he said. There wasn't anything too offensive or contemptible in there, right? Yeah, I blame Fitzy and the producer if anything went wrong in this segment. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Well, <laughs> well, if, if that gets way to be suspended, a team, Andy. Yeah, way to be a real team player. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe you know what? This goes back to what I said at the top of the break about being tired of hearing Mac Jones and other players not say something overall and throw someone, including themselves, under the bus. You know what? Maybe you were right then as opposed to now, Hart, that you're supposed to take it as a team and be a little more diplomatic in your efforts. Jeez. Call me Brendan Staley. We didn't lose this show because of Andy Hart. This was other parts that lost this show. Wow. Fitzy and Which Braverman. means you'll be fired at the end of the year? <laughs> yeah, Fitzy and Braverman prepare, premiering next week on W. Good point. I don't want to be him. I'm being replaced by Belichick as soon as they could possibly get the deal done. Or, you know, W-E-E-I-A-I. We'll just have, like I said, we'll just have chat GPT take over. We'll see. It's coming. It's coming. 617-779-7937 is your telephone number. We'll keep your calls rolling on. We will do a Week 12 preview momentarily and tell you what to look forward to in the rest of this week's slate. We'll hopefully take Bill Belichick live if he is at the podium at 11 a.m. before we wrap things up at 11.30 and throw to B.C. football. This is Fitzy and Hart. On a Black Friday morning here on WEEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ten forty nine. I'm feeling fine on Black Friday morning here on Boston Sports Original WEEI. It's Fitzy and Hart with you till. 11.30 in the a.m., at which point we will throw it over to the Boston College Eagles radio network. They got the call for the noon o'clock Black Friday Eagles game today. That should be a fun one as well. Of course, there is some NFL action this weekend as well, Andy. We've got our first ever Black Friday game today here in week 12, 2023. Uh, today, 3 o'clock, the... Miami Dolphins travel to MetLife Stadium, where the New England Patriots will be this Sunday, to take on the Jetropolitans. Tim Boyle gets the start for... Wow, you just say Tim Boyle, and all of a sudden the machine gets super excited for football. The Dolphins are a a 9.5-point favorite. How are you feeling about this one? Um, I like the Dolphins being favored. Tim Boyle, you know what I say about Boyles, usually have them removed, so... uh... Not sure this is going to go very well. Really? I, what? what? <laughs> you don't like a boil joke? But, but do you? Th- but do you think the Dolphins can win by ten or more today? I mean, I know Absolutely. Tim. Bo- but how could he be? See, here's a here's a great question. Robert Sala has pulled his Mac Jones, if you will, putting in Tim Boyle. Will Greer, I guess, by uh, vicarious equation, would be the Will Greer would be the Tim Boyle, if you will, of the Patriots. So Robert Sala is. Kind of throwing a Hail Mary here as well. I can't see the Jets' defense, though. Like, they don't get beat on the outside very much with their excellent corners and secondary. And uh, you don't have uh, uh, Devon. A chain is not going to play today against the Jets. Um, you know, windy conditions, kind of cold. Are those conducive to Tua and that offense uh, performing at their best? They uh, will be if you get the ball to your playmakers and let them run down the field. And I wonder at what point do the Jets defenders just get frustrated and it starts to seep into the as Matthew Slater talked about the human nature aspect when you're battling human nature um, the Jets defense is really good although I will say um, Sauce Gardner if you go back and watch last week's um, big play to Shakir oh I know what you're talking to Khalil Shakir Sha- like the 70 plus yard touchdown yeah, he wanted yeah. no part of tackling him he jogged his ass down the field and I think you're going to see some ass jogging coming from the Jets defense Are at the, some point the Jets defense is now so see this is what can happen like when a, a team is like you know guys we can't do everything we can't carry right. the entire operation like it's all defense all the time and I know you know no one predicted Rodgers going down four plays into the season but you know, at, at at a certain point, like that's all they have. That's all they have. I mean, the, the, they have no offense to speak of at this point. Garrett Wilson, he had a negative fantasy point day against the Buffalo Bills last week. The offense. Oh, I know. Was so Believe me, tor- I know. Torpid. I know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I'm well aware. I may or may not have lost a, a game by uh, just under two points because he had negative oh. points. Oh. oh, that's oh, the pain. Worst fantasy season is ever. But bigger question, awesome. though, Andy, who was it to? Uh, uh, Davy. On the Rich Keefe uh, show. Oh, okay. ha- half of the hashtag dork pod. Yes, it was. I lost also, things dork. aren't looking very well in your Week 12 matchup against your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens in the dork no. league as well. I've right given now. up. I'm like the Jets defense. I'm like the Patriots. I've given up. <laughs> Pack it in. Where can I go to in the second week of January on vacation? Like, it's oh, over. The, the, the Stocking your draft packed. for 2024. The yep. golf clubs already have the hood over them. Andy has yep. his resis. He is checked out. Absolutely. I'm like uh, uh, OBJ on a boat in Miami. 
Let me just throw you a couple other games that actually may have some, since we're expecting not exactly the most watchable or most entertaining Patriots game. Maybe it'll be watchable in a, wow, this is so bad, it's fun way, which will lead to a, an interesting post-game show for us, Sunday Heart. All right, here you go. Uh, any interest in Buccaneers Colts? Not so much. No. Uh, how about, oh, here we go. The Stillers travel to Cincinnati to take on the Burrow Free Bengals. And Jake, don't call me Nagel Browning. On Sunday at 1 o'clock. How do you okay. like that one? Don't, because you have one team that just can their offensive coordinator, the other team without their quarterback. Welcome to 2023 matchups. It's Again, it's just, that's no matter what you do, every game has an issue about it. Although, maybe, just maybe, we go to the AFC South. The Jacksonville Jaguars, led by Trevor Lawrence of Arabia, take on CJ. Hey, hey, you, get off of my Stroud. Sunday at 1 o'clock. This could actually be for the AFC South title. Whoever would have figured Week 12 would give us a great game from the South, Andy. Well, just proves you get your quarterback and everything else seems to fall into place. And I, I truly believe that. C.J. Stroud is the organizational MVP. I know people will talk about uh, you get your coach and D'Amico Ryans and you get Tank Dell, you've got a great receiver of value, all those things. But it always starts with the quarterback. That's why the guy earlier who called in, and said, you know, the Patriots need to get depth. They need a lot of things. No, you need your quarterback. Just like the Bengals needed their quarterback when Shime said they shouldn't draft Joe Burrow. It's always the quarterback. It's always the quarterback. Agreed completely. Uh, we're going to be rooting for the Cardinals. Sunday home against the Ramajamas because we want the Cardinals to win that game. Kyler of duty. Maybe he'll get it done. They've looked a little bit more game and spry in their efforts to sit down to a Thanksgiving meal and get a higher draft pick. How about Browns a mile high in the football sky against the Broncos? The Browns could potentially have one of the all-time great defenses. They will start Dorian Thompson-Robinson again on the road against Mr. Unlimited, the dangerous one. Russell Wilson, Broncos could be making a push for one of those wildcard slots yep. in a wide-open AFC, Andy. Yeah, they could. They've turned it around. They're not giving up 70 points anymore. Uh, they're making plays. I know at one point people were like, oh, Russell Wilson, you're stuck with him. Do you want him? He's playing pretty good football. Sean Payton's kind of pulling it all together. Uh, they are interesting. And on the flip side, that Browns defense you talk of, Jim Schwartz coaching that up. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Schwartz is a name that I've heard some Patriots fans throw out there as a possible head coaching candidate. Get out of here. Yep. Yep. The former, uh, I believe he was the Lions coach when they went. And the Colts, I think, for a time. Was, was a little interim the action there? But he was, the Schwartz I, be with you? He was definitely with the Lions, and he's a Bill Belichick guy. He mm. goes way, way back with Bill. He's one of those Bill guys, so I don't know if people like that or dislike that, how that would play into things. And I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. What? All right. Uh, Bills-Eagles 425 on Sunday. Yeah. Are the Bills back with Joe Brady Game as of offensive coordinator? This could be a fun one. I mean, the, Bill, the Bills could uh, either... Uh, continue to climb out of the mess they made for themselves or the Eagles could put them back in their place and leave them at 500 heading down the stretch. Do the Eagles just play all the good teams? Feels like every week the Eagles are in it's a good It's a hell of a game. schedule, isn't it, to be 9-1 yeah. and one so far again? Yes. Um, how about I pencil in the Eagles as non-fraudulent Super Bowl favorites because, oh, the Cowboys are good, they haven't beaten anybody. The Lions, eh, don't trust them. The Niners, we'll see. The Eagles are taking care of business with a tough schedule. Give me the Eagles. Yeah, I... I kind of think the Eagles roll in this one on Sunday. I think the Bills have way too many problems. We on the Six Rings podcast pointed to it all the way back last January, let alone in the offseason, that there could be trouble in Western New York paradise. Orchard Park, 
not doing so nice. Uh, Chiefs Raiders, 4 o'clock Sunday. Pretty decent 4 o'clock schedule for Week 12 for the football fan who needs to put his feet up after decorating the tree if you're like me and you like getting the holiday action up early. And Sunday night, we wrap it up with Ravens at Chargers. Could this be the end of the Brandon Staley era in Los Diego? Too late. Should have been over already. If I'm Justin Herbert, I'm pissed. My career is being wasted. The early stages of my career is being wasted by that finger-pointing boob. <laughs> you timed out finger-pointing boob. Nailed the, it. Landed that plane, baby. Hit Andy the post. Hart stuck the landing. Nailed the post, as they say in radio. Good job. 617-779-7937 is your number. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we hope to be able to carry some of Bill Belichick live at Gillette Stadium as he makes his pre-Giants post-Thanksgiving remarks as we head into the Week 12 matchup of Patriots at New York Football Giants. Just a half an hour to go here with your old pals Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Top of the final hour here on Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. We're with you until 1130, at which point we throw it to the Boston College Eagles pregame show before the Eagles game at noon. And now we join briefly Bill Belichick live at the podium from Gillette Stadium with his remarks before Sunday's game at the Giants. Good effort working some competitive drills out there. You know, the guys trying to get ready to go. You know, get a little bit healthier. Um, take care of some of the bumps and bruises this week, last week. So hopefully the injury list will be shorter, be ready to, ready to play. Bill, do you tell all the players to be ready to go every game? Or yes. That's right. What do you think I tell them not to be ready? Don't worry about this one. Just take the week off. Yeah. <laughs> every day, every game, it's like that's what we come in here for every day. The goals to try to accomplish every day and try to accomplish them every day. Yeah. Do you anticipate having a trim round on Sunday? Uh, check the injury report. On everybody, everybody's practiced this week. That's a possibility. Bigger picture question is coaching. In the last few weeks, we've seen teams make changes, firing coordinators. Within 10 minutes, you walk into Washington, relief, Jack Del Rio with his duties, Buffalo, we saw offensive coordinator. Pittsburgh South and season and this is someone who's been in the coaching profession I'm, I'm just curious how much does that like pain you for the coaching profession when you see the volatility of in-season changes like that yeah uh, I'm not that familiar with those situations Mike you'd have to ask those coaches those teams about it um, I saw Mike, you know, made a comment um, after he released Coach Canada, but ask Mike about it. I don't know. I'd say I have nothing to worry about right here, what we do. So kind of trying to focus on getting our team ready to go, do the best job I can with our team. And I'm sure everybody else has things they need to deal with, but that's really outside of my framework. 
regarding a guy that uh, decided the active roster several weeks ago, who had been elevated several times this year, Jeremiah Farris, was at a practice squad last year. Mm -hmm. uh, he came a long way in the last few years as a football I'm just curious you know, what your impressions are of him and kind of his journey uh, to where he is today. Yeah, earned everything he's he's gotten. He's earned it. Shows up every day, ready to go. Um, gives a great look on the practice uh, scout squads. Uh, does a good job when he gets an opportunity to play, whether that's in practice and preseason games, um, the regular season game, uh, games that he's played. So, you know, he's he's earned more opportunities, more playing time, and so it's a good thing. Shows up every day. Do you remember the player's father when he was in college? Uh, no. Players have spoken highly of Coach O'Brien's uh, work dating back to the summer. I'm just curious as you navigate a challenging season here, is it helpful to have someone with his experience, um, both in, as an offensive coordinator and head coach, to kind of keep everyone moving in the same direction? Sure, yeah. I mean, Bill's. But Bill works hard, and he's he puts in a lot of time. It's, um, you know, very detailed, and you know, studies what we do, studies what our opponents do, puts together good. Um, you know, plan outlines it. You know, goes over it in detail with the players. So, yeah, and he's had a lot of experience, so that's good. Yeah, um, he's a really good player. He's a major force. Um, hard guy to block. He's, yeah, big, athletic, blocks, kicks. Um, you know, it's hard to move him off the line of scrimmage. And when he penetrates, he can he can penetrate as well as any player in the league. He's big and powerful and long. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's pretty unique. I mean, we faced a lot of good inside players going all the way back to even in the preseason. Um, you know, like Walker, Green Bay, and just go right down the line. You know, guys that we we've seen or worked against or whatever. And this guy's he's a major force. I know this is going back ways. Was there any hope he might help you guys in that that draft? I think it was um, yeah, I have to go back and take a closer look at that. I mean, look, there's always you know. Couple guys that you know you think. All right, we're getting a little answer. information and some humor, a little podium tapping as well, and more from Bill Belichick. That was the head coach of the Patriots live at Gillette Stadium, addressing the media in advance of Sunday's game at MetLife Stadium against his former team, the New York Football Giants. Uh, not much there, Andy, except for like I said, some podium tapping, some classic Belichick injury report, double speak. Although a little humor, the whole like you know, what do you want me to tell him not to get ready? Okay, all right. So Bill's doing Bill still. He's in in any given season, uh, mid-season form, if you will. Um, we came in on the presser a little bit late after we rejoined from commercial, and he did address the starting quarterback situation, as we can presume and should have done rightly so, that the question was asked, do we have we named a starter or do we have any info on who's going to be starting Sunday? I believe producer Joe Braverman has that exchange ready for us. I've told everybody to be ready to go. Bill, why aren't you? 
Yeah, other than be announcing who's starting this, who's playing that, who's doing this, who's doing that. I mean, once we get going on that, then I'm not going down that road. So, sorry. Okay. To be fair, Bill, in November of 2001, you announced that Tom Brady for the foreseeable future would be your starting quarterback. So Uh you've done it. You've done it before. Let's not pretend you haven't done it before, Bill. You've done it before. And I'm not saying he should feel the need to, doesn't need to do what we want him to do. Um, Maybe he thinks he gets, I know college coaches get, especially early in the year, they'll be very uh, tight with this if there's some question as to who their quarterback will be for a preparation Mm -hmm. advantage against an opponent. Um, But let's not pretend you've never told us who was going to start at certain positions or done anything like that before. You have. Um, You choose not to, and that's fine. And, yes, you should have everybody ready to play. There was a question about, do you tell all your players every week to be ready to play? And Bill goes, no, I tell them to take this week off sometime. (laughs) It was actually – I don't often laugh at what Bill has to say. I think sometimes there's fake laughs from the media. That one genuinely made me laugh here. That was a good one, actually. No, I – I, I laughed at that one as well. Um, that That's great. Like, I wouldn't mind a little bit more of that humor and a little bit more of that Belichick sarcasm as well. But I just wonder, like, what's the what's the edge? What's the gamesmanship element? What what competitive advantage is he looking to get either from his players? Like, what is he looking to get from the players, Andy? And what is he looking to get over Brian Dayball and the Giants by still keeping the starting quarterbacks for Sunday's game? A mystery. Well, I think it's removing individual ple- pressure. Excuse me. Um, I don't think it's actually a tactical advantage against the okay. Giants. I think it's more everyone's wondering who the starter is, and that story's kind of petered out over the last two weeks. It's not a real hot topic. If you name the starter, almost regardless of who it is of the three options, there's going it, it's going to ignite the flames of the topic. Don't you agree? Like Zappy, oh Zappy's getting his shot again. He got screwed last year. But Mac, I can't believe they're keep, keeping Mac. But if we don't know, we can't passionately um, blow the story up at all. Certainly, Will Greer would be a notable change at the quarterback position. So I think he's attempting to dampen the story to control the narrative up until game time, and then. All the world will see who takes the field, but at that point you're just talking about the game. You're not kind of speculating on why the decision was made or how it plays out or blah, blah, blah. So I think he's dampening the story. Yeah, I, I, so he, he, he doesn't want it to sort of like, he doesn't want a, a wildfire of Mac Jones finally benched or Billy Zappi, Zappi fever could get yep. his second chance at Zappi hour or Will Green, like. So he's just keeping it tamped down. It's not like he's trying to like, oh, we'll see if we can make the Giants prepare no. for three thoroughly mediocre mid-20-something right-handed quarterbacks that are not very mobile. Right. I was going to say there's not a huge difference between these options, even though I've never really seen Will Greer play that much. Um, I'm just guessing he's like-ish. Bailey's yeah, no. Zappy's a little shorter. Mac is Mac. Oh. I, that tailed I off know what, in a negative way. I didn't know where else to go with it. Mac is Mac. <laughs> Could have said it like that. <laughs> Mac is Mac, and yeah, what do we have to fear about the Greer? I don't know. I no, so I, I, I'll be honest. Right. I haven't seen him play much, to be completely. Yeah, frank. there's no. I mean, I think the highlight of his life was, as I keep referencing, when he set like the all-time record in a high school playoff game with 870 yards passing or something to that. How level. does somebody throw for 870 yards in a game? Um, is that a lot? Of, that's got to be a usually lot. Usually with yak. their right hand. Usually with the right arm, though. He, he puts yeah. it in his right hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be a lot of yak. That can't just be all air yards. 
Oh, yeah, no, I think there's a lot of yak there. I'm guessing he had some athletes on the perimeter who broke tackles, and when they got into the open field, they were gone. Yes, I, I would, because I think he had eight eight touchdowns in that game. Um, but no, just Only to get back to eight? <laughs> Jeez, I would think he'd have day. like 50. Still a pretty good um, day. Not bad. Get, getting back to this sort of topic, though, like, I don't, it doesn't really bother me the way Bill has handled this. I've had I've had my rants in the past that, oh, he worries too much about this crap. He worries too much about the narrative and the media and the performances. My guess is, I'll change my mm-hmm. tune completely. My guess is, all week, the Patriots have known who's starting at quarterback. David Andrews knows whose hands are going to be under his katukas to start the game. And Ramondre Stevenson knows who will be handing him the ball to start the game. If they don't... If the quarterbacks and the team does not know, I think this is a another fireball offense and utter That's disservice. Coaching malpractice, yes, sir. absolutely. Everybody involved, but I, I'm going to give Bill Belichick. I think he's earned that the benefit yep. of the doubt that the team, the players, the quarterbacks, the linemen, everybody knows who's starting at quarterback. They know what their role is going to be on Sunday. They know if they have a chance, like they maybe they're going to rotate. Maybe Bill said, "Listen, Mac, it's your start, but don't be offended and don't give up if I put Zappy in." We've reached the point where everything is on the table. Like, I think there is probably uh, a comfort and an awareness of what the quarterback situation is going to be in New York. When do you think we finally get the uh, Are we talking, like, well, rap sheet at, like, 10 a.m. on Sunday? Hey, uh, thanks, thanks, Rich. Uh, my sources are saying that... Uh, yeah, but they've been wrong at times. Situation. So that's <laughs> the other thing. I mean... Crapsheet sources said that Mac Jones was on the shortest leash or whatever, and he was on the longest leash because his backup was Malik Cunningham, who the team doesn't even consider a quarterback anymore um, in Las Vegas. So I don't think that necessarily means it's true, whatever Crapsheet or Schefter say on Sunday morning. What's that? Here's what we know. Oh, that was just Crapsheet interrupting me. Go screw (laughs) Crapsheet. And I can't even believe I have to say this. I can. I love that we have an Ian Rappaport folder of audio clips and drops ready to roll. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, you have they have to have known days in advance. Yes, of course, we've gone over. Mac Jones probably gives the team the best chance to win because if he were playing at max capacity, full firepower, had all cylinders rolling and humming and running, then he would definitely be the best of the three. But he doesn't right now. And I don't know if he's been able to take a week and a half since the, the failure in Frankfurt to get his head right and wrap his arms and his mind around his offensive lineman and who he has for <clears throat> weapons and assets. You know, you heard Tom Brady earlier kind of sort of take a shot, if you will, at the way Mac Jones has played this year. After earlier, we heard Mac Jones say Tom Brady's been good, giving him some advice this year. Um, I mean, his, he's just got to be so spun around at this point that maybe, just maybe, a break would do, uh, you know, not putting anything else on tape. Like, how much better can Mac Jones play the rest of the season? The answer is a lot because he's played so poorly. Um, You know, is he looking to improve where he may ultimately go if the Patriots release him or trade him somewhere? Is he looking to maybe try to get him? He's not going to get that fifth-year option picked up where we can say with almost certainty that he won't be around for after next year, but... Is he hoping to solidify his shot at being a bridge quarterback next year if the Patriots take somebody in the draft? And who takes that guy? I, I don't know. And then with Greer, my only thing with Greer, too, is A, the wild card factor to give us something completely different and unexpected. And B, just maybe you can find out if this guy has improved his game, put him up against a slightly inferior opponent in the Giants Sunday. And then, you know, maybe he proves that he could be a, 
a bridge backup or somebody you could just sort of like have on call over the next you know couple of months or a couple of years in Foxborough. I think he really he says this he needs to live this be where his feet are and his feet are if they're under center for snap one win the snap and then on the next one win that down and then on the next one because the quarterback position is we know how hard it is how important it is I've become a quarterback apologist since watching my son play the position to some degree where you live and die by every throw but if Mac makes two good throws in the red zone in Frankfurt and he hits Mike Kosicki for a touchdown, and he hits Hunter Henry for a touchdown. They win that game, and we're having different conversations. Two throws. You know, he's 15 of 20, whatever he was. He, they're in the red zone. He makes two hellacious throws at the end zone, inside the red zone, at the goal line. So that's the fine line he walks. So it's really play to play, right? Mm-hmm. Like the t- mm-hmm. He has to eliminate the terrible. Just get back to... You know, just suck a little, as the great Lou Maloney likes to say. Mm-hmm. Eliminate those terrible. We got to see it. You mentioned it with the uh, the bland kid. Don't don't throw the pick six. Don't throw the hellacious turnover in the reds. Like it's that close to just. And I'm not saying he becomes a franchise QB. That's the problem. Is that he's like that's the problem, dude. Is yeah, that I know. Mac is playing with the fear of okay, I can't throw a pick six on this one, and like it's it's just it's making his so play. win the play. Like he, I think it's too big picture for him. He needs to really be like those horses going down the road with the blinders on. One step in front of the other. One step. I'm in Bourbon Street. I'm a horse. There's chaos around me. Just go where the officer directs me one step at a time. That's what Mac has to do. He's on Bourbon Street. He's a Clydesdale. And there are boobs everywhere and chaos and drinks. Put your blinders on and do your job, horsey. I never thought I would ever hear the New England Patriots quarterback position compared to a horse on Bourbon Street at 4 a.m. Yep. But here we are. During this wild, wild season. Definitely a Black uh, Friday show, then. It's definitely a Black Friday <laughs> Blackout <show>. Friday. <laughs> hey, uh, we only got a couple minutes left, Andy, before we throw it to commercial, pay some bills, and then, of course, to the Boston College Eagles Radio Network, the pregame show, in advance of the 12 o'clock game, the Miami Hurricanes. The U is against BC from Alumni Stadium in beautiful Chestnut Hill. You've obviously got a Bruins Black Friday matinee, Red Wings at Bruins, Bruins 14-1-3 on the season. We'll see if they can pick up a nice home dub for the Garden Faithful and the Causeway Warriors today. But also we've got a 2-30 Celtics matchup as they are in Orlando, which gave them fits last season to take on the Magic. And with a quick Celtics injury update, Joe Braverman. So I had mentioned in the trending that uh, uh, Drew Holiday was probable, Jalen Brown was questionable. We've got updates to that. Jalen Brown is active. He's going to play. However, Drew Holiday, doubtful with that ankle sprain. Ooh, okay. Well, maybe best he gets a day off. He only had five points the other night in his reunion first reunion matchup against his former team, the Milwaukee Bucks. I guess that would mean a little more ball handling today from Derek White. It would be nice to see the Celtics after uh, a, a tough one Monday night against Charlotte and then a really good game Wednesday night where they almost gave it away against the Bucks. Would be nice to see them shed themselves of whatever sort of mystique the uh orlando magic who are kind of always spry in game against the celtics had over them last season Ma- wow magic are 10 and 5 on the season good for them mm-hmm. and the celtics have the best record in the nba you're supposed to be the team so don't take a step back after getting that big win over the bucks that's a huge win you circled it great job keep the momentum moving forward all right, Andy, good job today by you. Good job by Joe Braverman. You can give him a follow at Jumbo Hart for Andy's latest musings, his columns at WEEI, and more. Andy is off until Sunday, at which point he joins me for the Six Rings postgame show, live here on WEEI following Patriots at Giants. 
I'll be back tomorrow from 9 to 11.30, filling in for Chris Curtis, the old Laird and Fitzy show on a Saturday morning on WEI. Everybody, enjoy the day. There's great college football on today. There's NFL football if you have Amazon Prime at 3 o'clock. Take advantage of the deals. Be good to each other. Eat well, drink up, God bless, and go Patriots. Take care, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 